It's episode 1012, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What it is. And from Houston, Texas, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Uh, Coming up later, one of my favorite groups is joining us, Social Club Misfits. They have a new album out. Can't wait for you guys to hear that interview and some some of the music. At the end of the show, we have a Tyler Huckabee original game called This Movie Rocks. But the way he wrote it is rocks is in all caps. So... I don't know what that means. So there you go. And I was going to say, did did he spell it R O X or or no, is this R-O-C-K-S, a straight up rocks? But all, but all cats, yeah, just normal rocks, yeah. But but before we get to all that, you know, wave slices and everything else, you know, it, we talked last time. It's fall. It's 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 cold. It's chilly. It's basketball's back. We're so excited. But you know, coming up right around the corner in a few days is Halloween. And uh, right now, on the last episode, we asked feedback on Halloween costume ideas. So, yeah. uh, you know, Halloween's in the air. There's candy in the stores. And I personally, like uh, like my son, I went grocery shopping the other day. And there's a big old bag yep. of candy corn. He's like, Dad, come on. Can we get the candy corn? I'm like, sure, why not? So we have now a bowl of candy corn sitting out on the coffee table. You know what I mean? So it's like, things and are just different. no way Feel- it's making it to Halloween. No, yeah, no, th- no that's chance. That's the thing. No it's chance. an excuse to... Derek, you you have you have young children. Do you typically have candy in the house, just just at at anyone's disposal? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so Good for you, Derek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have we. So it it, it it's it's uh yeah that so my addiction is like Sour Patch Kids. And, yes. And 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 Sour Punch Straws. So it's really it's it's hard, man. That's I I, I love that. So yeah, we we had candy a lot here. We okay, so so my house never has candy. I mean, my my wife is very health conscious, and we just it's never in the house. And there's two times a year where there's reliably a giant bag of candy hidden somewhere in the pantry, and usually it's intentionally hidden so that I don't get into it it's before Easter. Wait, wait, wait. Not so your two small children don't get into it. It's <laughs> hidden so you don't get into it. That's right. They don't even tell me they bought it. They buy it. I, you know, we, we, if, if, if she goes grocery shopping, it's, it's, you know, the, the kids, no one will tell me that it's been purchased because they know I'll get into it. But I'll say this. The problem, part of the problem is they buy the, it's, it's for distribution to children. Okay. Mm. So we're not talking about like a two pound bag of M&Ms where if you just graze off the top, you know, you kind of open yeah. it and you take some, no one's, no one's going to get to put that on the scale in the house to be like, Oh, you know, there's only a, a, a pound and three quarters left in here. Someone ate a quarter pound of these. No one, no one's doing that. Right. Like right. you, you notice nothing's gone. The problem is the fun size packaging because. Mm. We have what I discovered mm-hmm. in our pantry the other night. I was I was hungry. It was late at night, and I discovered it was like an assortment of Swedish fish, sour mm. patch, uh, uh, which what a, what a combo because you got the sweet and you got the really sour, and then those Oof. like watermelon sour patch little oh, ones like man. the wedges. I mean, a, a perfect trio. 
And it, they were all wrapped in the fun size packages. Now, it'd be one thing if it was just a big bag of Swedish fish. Like I said, I could just graze it like, like a normal human. Instead, I'm having to tear open fun size packages and I look like some sort of gluttonous sociopath because they find a pile of fun size packages. <laughs> If they would, that's what really did me in is they found the fun size wrappers that I had. Wait, did you put them in the trash? I put some in the trash, but they were getting hard to conceal. Like I was like really wedging them in there. I was really wedging them in there. So some of them like Yogi Bear just running through candy. So some, but, but, but then I was like, the first sign that the first sign that you have a drinking problem is when you're trying to, when you have to hide the drinking from people. You have you're trying to hide the wrappers in the trash in a way that well, you won't get well, caught. I, I was hiding I was hiding whiskey in there too. No, I'm just joking. No, I was, no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, so I was putting I was wedging them in, but I was here's my concern. I was like, if they see like on the outside, you know, these are these are cheap trash bags, so you can kind of see through. I'm like, okay, the, the trash is not concealing them because I have to eat like four or five of the fun. No, just listen. I have to eat four or five of the fun size no, packages. <laughs> To, in order to be sat, to, to be have like a sufficient amount of candy, like no one's eating right. one fun size bag of candy. That's like four pieces. Okay, I think that people do. I, I think people do. I think no. people that don't have a problem. No, no one does that. Okay, no, no one does. No one goes to. You're telling me you go to the movie theater and be like, I'll just take four pieces of candy for this movie. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the new Marvel movie, and the entire time I'm gonna eat four Sour Patch Kids. No one does that. People just plow through a bunch of candy. If you're eating candy. Just eat your candy, right? But my problem was every I had to open so many fun size packages, I ran out of places to throw them away. So I had a little. They're hiding candy in the pantry. I'm like, well, I'm hiding wrappers in the pantry. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what got discovered? And I was confronted by by two different members of my family. Was there any part of you that tried to blame it on your kids? No, because they they knew. Everyone knew. There'd, there'd be no point. There would be absolutely no point. You hid Dang the me. wrappers in at the place of the crime in the pantry, like people wouldn't see it. It was yeah, genius. It was a genius. Bro. You're not a good a criminal. You re- you really wanted to get caught, bro. Just keep it real. No, no, this was not a cry for help. This was not a cry, for, a help. cry for help. I'm telling you. If if we could if we had candy in the house like in a jar or a bowl like a normal family this wouldn't be a problem. The problem is I'm I'm starved from it all year and all of a sudden my only access is to tear through fun size packaging and and I'm starting to think they did it because they knew it's more evidence like they knew that it's more ways for me to get caught. <laughs> or maybe your wife was trying to buy candy for the Halloween trick or treaters and just was like, man, we need to save this until Halloween. I need to hide it well, from that, my husband. That was, that was her story. And you <laughs> listeners, you decide. <laughs> was this entrapment? Or was this buying candy like three weeks early for Halloween? <laughs> by the way, next time next time we go to a Magic Game, Cameron, enjoy three Swedish fish. Because if that's if you're gonna judge me for eating more, whenever I go out with you guys, I'm gonna be like, oh no, no, this person only gets three pieces of candy. That's that's they said that's a normal intake. At the game the other night, there was a soft serve ice cream bar. So Cohen got at halftime, he got like a bowl of chocolate soft serve ice cream. And then there's little toppings next to it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You take the, you know, so he spooned on some M&Ms. We got back to our seat and he realized those weren't M&Ms. They were Skittles. Mm. Have you ever had mm. Skittles on chocolate ice cream? They get very cream? hard. They get that does not, that does not sound freeze. tasty at all. That's, by the way, that's why Froyo just changed my world because I can just basically 
put a tiny layer of frozen yogurt and just make a big cup of candy. And no one can judge. That's part of the deal when you go to Froyo. It's it's player's choice, you know. Facts. No judgment. No judgment from the Froyo Facts. people. Facts. No. No, it's really a judgment is. free zone. And look, my son. Yo, so <laughs> my sons, when we go to the frozen yogurt spots, like I don't even know how the ice cream and all of the candy stays on the in the bowl. Like it's yeah. it's a mountain of man, and they have this deal that's like five dollars, whatever you can put inside inside this bowl, you got yeah. they don't weigh it or anything. Man, these kids have gummy bears, gummy worms, cheesecake, brownie. It's lathered in all three of the sauces. Like, I'm like, bruh, there's no way. Like, I don't know how kids are able to go to frozen yogurt spots and do that. Like, it's well, it's it's the gravity should not allow for that much candy <laughs> to be on top of uh, ice cream. Like, it's the, crazy. The pro- the problem is the ones that weigh it and your price is determined by weight, you know, because that's right. the moment of truth. Like when you go up there and you're like, okay, if, especially, especially if you're the first or last, you want to make sure that your yogurt is on there with everybody else's and they weigh it at one time. Cause if you're putting yours up there and you're like 13 bucks for one, you know, like the pro, because I've made that mistake. But if you throw them all up there, you, 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 people are just like, wow, the price of frozen yogurt is really going through the roof. This whole family just paid $35, not right. realizing 20 of that was on you. You know, that's why it it is an amateur move to put it on there by itself. You got to throw everybody's yogurts on the scale at the same time. So that way the judgment goes around. It just looks like inflation. It's just like, oh, thanks, Biden. There's there's some expensive Froyo today. (laughs) Not knowing that you have layers of like snow caps at the bottom that is weighing the family's order down significantly. (laughs) These are lessons you learn out there, people. Yeah. All right. Moving the show along. Stay tuned. Up next. It's Slices. Listen to Phaser Days. The song is Thick of the Honey. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Um, I saw this story and it kind of made me... Uh, it, it made me happy for, for reasons that I'll explain. It ran... This was... I want to read the, the headline as well as a subtitle. Of a of a extended piece that ran this week in the Wall Street, the venerated Wall Street Journal. Okay. Okay. Cockatoos are getting smarter. Should humans be worried? That was the headline. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to read that in the Wall Street Journal. And here's the subtitle. Scientists in Australia say some birds have figured out how to defeat efforts to keep them out of garbage bins. And now they p- appear to be teaching others. 
So I read this, obviously. It's probably 1,400 words. Cockatoos are getting smarter. Should humans be concerned? A major feature in the Wall Street Journal. And essentially, it found out that in Australia, cockatoos are communicating with each other to, to tell each other how to get through really sophisticated methods of keeping them out of garbage bins. Evidently, cockatoos, they're saying, are like Australia's raccoons. They're just really good at going and getting into the garbage, and they're just getting better and better. But the reason this story made me happy, because I feel like the world's returning to normal again. Like, oh. as soon as newspapers like the Wall Street Journal, like in a pitch meeting, like things can't be that bad. There can't be that much bad stuff going on in the world because they just committed like four pages of ink to a story about cockatoos rummaging through garbage bins in Australia. It makes me think that, hey, maybe the urgency on all this bad stuff is 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 tacking back a little because now we're talking about frivolous stories like our cockatoos scheming to take over. I really appreciated that 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 the, the Wall Street Journal will run a story like this because it made me just like made me feel nostalgic for the days of just like random news weird stories were just every everywhere and that's what people would talk about. I'm so much more comfortable with this being the source of, of dialogue for stodgy bankers reading the Wall Street Journal talking about cockatoos going rogue in Australia than, you know, all these terrible global issues. It just brought me a little degree of comfort knowing that the the conversation is turning back to issues like this. I agree. Do you guys relate to that at all when you see like a funny news story going viral? Yeah. I hope I hope this story, I hope so many people click through to this and I hope the appetite for this type of content just grows and and a lot of the really hostile conversations that 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 we've seen uh, are kind of diminished by by fun stuff like this. It just made me happy to see this. Uh, I agree with you. Getting so much love this week, you know. Can you tell us? Should we be worried? Yeah, you didn't. You didn't tell us. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, their scientists are very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> They're teaching others. That- Aren't birds dinosaurs? Isn't that what they say? It's like exactly. Essentially, a lot of dinosaurs had feathers and stuff. Yeah, they're yeah they're I mean, the ones that I mean, survived. Th- my thing is, I think cockatoos, we need to make them extinct because they're, this is a very concerning research. Yeah, they're getting very smart and they're, they're very devious and they figure out how to, how to overcome all these traps. But again, I'm just glad we're talking about something we can all agree is objectively hilarious again. <laughs> what, well, the impending doom of humankind because the cockatoos are... Get, let me plotting. ask you this. Would you, rather, would you rather go out via global warming or a cockatoo battle? <laughs> like, like they would be... I don't know. I hate birds. So I... I, I might take global warming on this one. <laughs> this, is, this is a retired school principal who has witnessed this firsthand. This is a quote. They've actually started to work in packs. It's like gang warfare. This would be the most hilarious way for humanity to end is, is at gangs of cockatoos. I'm here for it, guys. Yeah. I'm here for it. It just seems like a much more hilarious doomsday scenario. Than you know what? what? We're dealing that's, with the, that's the doomsday we deserve. Mm-hmm. Like, like for God does have a good sense to, of humor, so maybe that right, is. For, <laughs> for what we've done to the planet <laughs> and to each other, that's what we deserve. It's just just cockatoos, just just, just taking us out. I'm with it. It's just way more fun to talk about that being a realistic source of anxiety than like nuclear war or or climate catastrophe. It's like oh, cockatoos. I I, I like our chances here. I like our chances. If yeah, it's I feel us like we have a thing. fighting chance against the birds. Yeah, you think? Yeah, Derek. Last, Derek. A few days ago, you tweeted something like you just feel like there's a heaviness in the yeah. world right now. Yeah. So we need more good news like cockatoos. What <laughs> is it good news? I, I, yeah, I, yeah, it's I bad know, news, man. Like, yeah, I just feel like I've been feeling like, man, it's like just so much craziness going on. Like, it's it's it feels really, really dark right now. 
But so yeah, I, I'm happy for the cockatoos that that they're learning how to get to the food. Like, do your thing, cockatoos. You know what I'm saying? You know, I I, I thought about your tweet because I kind of I mean, you weren't talking about any specifics. It was just a one sentence thing. But I mean, I knew what you were referring to. I mean, it's obviously like no matter where you look, social media, news, whatever. It's just like there's a lot of heavy stuff going on. But that's yeah. like, you know, I was just thinking though, context, like historical context, like. Yeah. I mean, we literally live right now in the most peaceful time in human history. Yeah. Like yeah. right now. Because think about the Crusades. Think about, you know, colonialism. Think about, you know, hor- horrific things that happened over the last 2,000 years, hundreds of years. And then it's like looking at like so much technological advancements, looking at how we're learning so many advancements in health and wellness and ar- agriculture right. and, you know, things that are like, you know, like some things are getting better. That's true. You know, and I'm kind of going, he's right though. Why does it feel so heavy? And I think it's just because of our input, like that we yeah. are so aware of everything. You just mentioned Herschel Walker. Yeah. It's like a regional election in a state that's not even yours. Exactly. And you are exactly. very aware of the local debate and the stupid things being said. But that stuff was, dude, think about 50 years ago. Yeah. You know, segregation and, you know, Mm -hmm. oppression and things that were like actually happening. Things were so much worse back then, but it's just now we're just so aware of it that we lose perspective, I think, sometimes. I'm not saying you do. I don't mean to call you out. I wasn't like rebutting what you said. I agree with you. No, not at all. But it's like, I, I feel like we need to choose to have other inputs and remember and like look for the good. Look, don't look at the devastation of the hurricane. Look for the helpers. That's what Mr. Rogers said. Always look for the helpers. That gives you right. hope and humanity, right? And it's like we got to look for the good because it's affecting us. Yeah, so for for me with that tweet, it wasn't even about like what's happening externally cuz to be honest with everything that goes on that's been going on in life in general just i've I've almost got numb to stuff because it's Mm. so much and i think that that's what i was that that's kind of the the heart behind what i was saying was like i know a lot of people that are struggling really really bad mentally and so when i'm talking about the dark and ominous like it's not necessarily like oh just the war in ukraine or just like inflation and all of that but it's just like man i've been watching and it seems like people are and i think some of it is what you have to say what you just said is like i don't think i'm meant to be able to hold all of the political races across the united states and what their opinion people's opinions are about that like i just think it's just if maybe it's just information overload and i think it's kind of maybe driving us crazy because i don't think we were all meant to be able to hold that in. I noticed that I I'm way happier when I'm not engaged on the internet and social media and knowing the the latest things that are happening. But you just seeing like it just feels like I see people I see a lot of people struggling. It's like a it's almost like a heaviness. Not like like imminent danger specifically for us in the United States. Now in other countries there's a lot of imminent danger, but there's always been imminent danger in the world, you know, but right. stick like there's just this heaviness that feels, feels icky, you know? I think we're going to be learning about the long-term effects that COVID had on society for a, a long time. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think the last two years affected people more than 
we realize, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think social media also, like you said, like, I don't think humans are meant to um, hold all of this information, especially like emotionally. Like, I think a lot of people right. think they can take things in intellectually and it doesn't affect them emotionally, but it does. Like, like you said, like the political races, those are things that we're going to have emotions and thoughts on. And I think that's really hard for people to, um, I think there's this, this push where it's like, well, you have access to the information, you should be informed, but you also have to right. protect your peace. And sometimes right. that means I don't need to focus on what's going on in, I don't know, the Vermont state race. I, like I'm never going to go to Vermont, no offense to anyone there, but like, I I don't need to know about that. You know, best of luck to you. I have my own Texas political race to worry about. And like, that's yeah. where I need to like put my focus and stuff. And I think I know a lot of people that I like my age, especially because we have grown up with the internet and we have access to all this information through social media. We almost feel this pressure that, well, I should be seeking out that information. I should be informed. But like you said, like even if you're talking about history, you know, we learn about these major wars that happened. There were other things going on during the, during the Crusades. Like those are the big things in history. Right now, we're also we're living through history, the little moments and the big moments, and it's a lot to like take in. Yep. And yeah. I I think yeah, definitely like COVID has affected so much, but I think even just the general impact of social media, I think that's going to be something that needs to be focused on and studied for years and years and years and then it's always and then it's too for me it's the disinformation it's the mm. it's i don't know like at, at this point i'm like sometimes i'm like i don't even know what's real or not like just kanye's talking about like uh you know hey the kardashians didn't let me see my daughter or not mm -hmm. it's like you don't even know what's real in that situation mm -hmm. like i don't know what's real in the situation with ukraine and russia like you honestly we honestly have no clue but here's the thing there is an expectation that you have an opinion on all those things mm -hmm. from everybody. Like, I'm not a war general. I have no clue what's going on in Ukraine. Like, why are you asking me what? Why would people want to know what my opinion is on that? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, Jesse, I'm sorry. I think I cut you off, bro. No, no, no. It's good. I was yeah. just saying, you know, I think for, for you know, a long time in, in humanity and it, beyond humanity and all species, like threat perception, you're, you know, the more sensitive you are to, to threats or perceived threats, the more likely you and your family are likely to survive, right? I mean, it's just mm -hmm. survival instinct. But, you know, with w this kind of fire hose of information that is meant to try to keep you as engaged as possible, it's literally designed for that, to keep your attention as long as possible. You know, the, the designers of algorithms and people who, you know, uh, uh, who are behind a lot of media realize if we want to keep people engaged, we have to constantly make them feel like th them, their values or their families are under threat. And that's been weaponized to a point, just that sort mm -hmm. of, you know, whether, you, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's idea about uh, creation or intelligent design or evolutionary biology, but whatever, they're, they're, they're tapping into something that we're pre-wired to get really um, it, you know, uh, uh, infatuated with things that threaten the survival of ourselves or our loved ones, and they've that that's been weaponized in the era of of media and social media that we're in. And I think the the sooner you know we we can all kind of recognize that, the easier it is to sort of become aware of steps to kind of disengage and not just be in pure engagement mode all the time. Mm -hmm. Like Cam, when I yeah. when I tweeted that, like the number of friends that i have that publicly they look great but are having like mental crises 
like it's crazy. Like I've never had so many friends around me that are kind of like talking about depression and and you know worry and anxiety. I got a lot of friends that, or you know, not necessarily friends, but just people that I I've heard like that are in my close circles that are like, man, this person's aunt is struggling with anxiety and this person's struggling with depression and this person's having to go see a therapist because they, you know, they don't know what they feel about life and people's, you know, losing faith in God and all those different things. It's just, it's like, man, like, I was like, man, it feels like just really like people are having a hard time, but we, but we all look like we're doing great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but you're right. There are a lot of good things that we should be happy about, like electric cars and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cancer treatments and advancements and all these great things you know but to your point though that's where i kind of think like the the covid effect is yeah. something that we don't fully understand and won't for a long time because i agree with you we've recently had two we were a small team we've had two team members here at relevant really struggling with um mental health uh, circumstances and and it had to move on because of yeah. like you're talking about, it's affecting a lot of us and they look great on the outside, but they're really mm -hmm. struggling on the inside. And it's like, we need to take this seriously, you know, um, and lean into it. And I'm really glad I was grateful for you. Yeah. I was just grateful for you saying something, you know what I'm saying? Like I, we need people like you, people platforms saying, Hey, I'm feeling like this too. I mean, I'm you. So people would go, oh, mm -hmm. I'm not alone, you know, because that's the thing is like, yeah. you're looking at everybody looking great. Looking on social media, everybody looks great. You feel like you're alone in this. And the fact is, is man. you're not, you know? So. Man, that's why we need yeah. the church, man. Like, if if we've never needed the church to be the church, it's now, man, because we people need, people are struggling and they're losing their faith and we have to have something that people can run to. I, I have such fond memories of, you know, no matter what was going on, Back when I was a kid, we could always go to church and it wasn't necessarily perfect, but you knew you weren't going to be take you, you felt, at least felt like you weren't going to be taken advantage of there. And, you know, I think the church, this is a time that I really believe I'm, I'm hopeful that revival is going to come out of these times because it's always darkest before the dawn. So I'm hopeful that the, that the church is going to is, is going to be a source of revival and hope. Uh, like on, I got man. a good friend, uh, Marco, uh, if I can brag on him for a second, he just made the news in Nashville because he moved to Fort Myers two months before the hurricane. Mm -hmm. And he, I think they said one day they passed out like 2000 meals to people as they were helping rebuild Fort Myers. So it's like stories like that give me hope. And that's a, it's a church. Like they're like the, the actually people in the community were like this church is impacting the community in such a way that they're getting to things faster than the government can even get to and i'm like man now i'm looking forward to more stories from the church that are like that it's like man the churches i'm looking forward to the, the church helping establish some mental health facilities at the church to be able to help people going through these depressions and post-covid you know a lot of people's worlds are shaking up they've changed careers and all types of different things like the church is going to need to be a place where people can come and say man i need somebody to talk to and they can get somebody that cares about them more than just their tithing and offering you know yeah it's jesus and therapy man both and Jesus not either or therapy, I mean, baby. you know uh yeah hey well 
Jesse, why did you bring up cockatoos? And see. <laughs> For this reason, it's, you know, there's reason to be hopeful. There are hilarious existential threats to, to humanity along with terrifying ones. That's all. That's all. I just want to throw it out there. To sum up everything we just said. When is that going to come up in a presidential debate? I would, I would, what are, what are we going to do about the cockatoo problem, sir? I, who's not going to, I'm just saying, I just wanted people to be aware that there are hilarious threats to the, to the fate of humanity as well as terrifying ones. That's all. That's all. If Kanye runs so, 2024, the over-under on him mentioning cockatoos is pretty good. So. Oh, yeah. It's very good. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Because that was that was a thoughtful conversation. I feel weird going forward with like normal slices. So let's uh, let's pivot. Let's let's just uh, move on. Stay tuned. Up next, Social Club Misfits joins us. Listening to Milo, the song is Where Are You? Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad free. You get ad free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives, our beautifully designed digital issue, and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guests today are Marty and Fern from Social Club Misfits. They're friends of the pod who have just released their latest album, Everybody Loves a Comeback Story. They sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to talk about their music, what they've been up to since we last spoke, and what they're looking forward to in the future. Here's our conversation, Social Club Misfits. You guys just released a new album. Everybody has a comeback story. Um, I just really want to dive into that. Like, what was, um, how did that album come about? You know, how, what makes it different from the last one? Let's just talk about it. Um, I feel like this album, for me personally, uh, I feel like I had a lot to prove in this new album. You know, hmm. you. I think this was 10 years of us making music, me and Fern made music for 10 years. Um, and we made a lot of great stuff. I mean, I think our secret power is the fact that we can, um, we cross genre so much, you know, like we'll make Latin uh, dance uh, rap and then, you know, it's like everywhere. And I, I love that. I love that. I love that artists are starting to do that more than ever too. But for this album, I feel like I definitely had a lot to prove. And, you know, when we, we released an album during the pandemic and um, a lot of the songs were just like, you know, we never saw each other. Me and Fern didn't see each other for a whole year because of the pandemic. So it's kind of hard to, to, to make an album where you're not seeing the guy that you make your album with. Um, and so for this album, we had we had so many conversations leading to this. Of what kind of, like, what do we want to be known for? Like, we wanted to create an album that was like a legacy album. And we were talking to a friend of ours, um, Chris Durso in New York, and he was telling us, he's like, man, um, He's like, I feel like the way that I was explaining it, he's like, he was like, I feel like it's like a comeback story. And so we thought of this title, Everyone Loves a Comeback Story, because really, who doesn't? You know, who doesn't love the story? Because it, it just instills hope in everyone else. It's like, um, 
if I could do it, you could do it, you know, and that, that makes it a little bit easier in, uh, in our minds. Like, Hey, I could do it. You know, it's, it's achievable. And so that tied with, um, there's this one scripture we were, we've been talking about, which always just perplexed me because I never, I always gloss over it. It was a scripture in John about how the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus and, um, this idea that why would they want to kill him? It's because he's like a walking testimony. And I think, you know, when me and Fern first met, Fern was getting out of prison. I was getting out of a really toxic church, um, Latin toxic church situation. And felt like I was in my own thing and Fern was, and we came together and that's how Social Club kind of was birthed. And uh, yeah, so for 10 years, we've been making music. So this is our legacy album. Welcome to the club, misfit members only. And we do this for the love, neighborhood and homies. Full transparency, y'all parodies, all heresy, all Um, You mentioned that you felt like you needed to prove something. What do you mean by that? I feel like as an artist, I've grown a lot. Me and Fern have grown a lot. I mean, when I first started making music, I, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, like my first hip hop song was made and released. I didn't have really time to practice and like say like, hey, let's not release it. It's not good. So I kind of had to grow up through music the last 10 years. I was just releasing things because the demand was there. And, um, you know, I didn't produce back then. And now I've produced on this album. I produced about eight songs in this album. I went from three, four years ago, not producing to uh, producing eight songs in this new album, producing for other artists that I really like. Uh, because on the road, you know, there's nothing really to do on the road except for perform and then you're driving everywhere. And so I would just, take my laptop and I would just go on YouTube courses and learn how to produce. So that was a piece of it. Also, I feel like our style has just been elevated and a lot of fans will be like, yo, I grew up listening to you. And I was like, all right, well, let me give you something that uh, you can keep taking with you. And so this album is like, if you were an old fan or a new fan, this album is uh, kind of like a rebirth album for us. I think it, 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 it's like, we're at our best. We're on our A game here. I love what that. you would want on any album but i think that i just i don't know sometimes certain songs that you think are great like i had a song on the last album god on my side which i thought was like a huge great song um and it was like a fun song um you know it it, it didn't do as good as i wanted it to do and it's like but now fans now like two years later fans are like it's our number one song on like pandora and like certain uh amazon like random dsp so I don't know. It's just sometimes uh, just sticking to you and being you is all you need to do for a long period of time until people catch up. I don't know how that works, but, you know, music is subjective. So I don't know. Have you ever felt that pressure to maybe like change your style or change something about you in order to like get more fans? Or do you feel very comfortable just being who you are? I mean, I mean personally, I, it just is what it is. I feel like we've been doing music for so long um, and been able to do it for so long being who we are, giving the people the same person, but just giving the growth as well. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the beautiful part that we haven't really, um, we stood on what we believe, <clears throat> showed what we loved, uh, painted pictures about things we've gone through. But at the end of the day, we've always just, you know, stay with the same basic values of keeping God in the center and social club, you know, it's, it's just firm believers in that, you know? So that's pretty much how we continue to move. And uh, even though people, you know, the trends dictate a lot of this stuff, but music is subjective always because I see people following trends, doing them and all. It doesn't work out all the time either. 
So it's just a it's a beautiful game like that. If you give them authenticity and you know they love you anyway, so just give them you. You can't go wrong if you give them your life. I love that y'all have always been so authentic. Um, I think that does come across really well in your music. Like it's very evident that you're not just producing something; you are like creating from your heart and like from your passions. Yeah, and I think that you know when we first started, Emily, it was like hip hop. And as I've grown, like from was saying, like as we grow, like I've realized I love more pop hip hop. I love big chords, and I love a really witty, smart verse. And I, I like it to be, um, you know, I like it to be a, a little bit more um, brighter when I make music. And so then, you know, I, I that that came over creation, creating music over 10 years. A lot of people, they grow up and they're like, I want to be a rapper. And they've been eight years old since they've been eight years old. They've been rapping. I started rapping when I was 24 um, and it's been 10 years of rap. Like I, my first song to now has been like 10 years. And so throughout the 10 years, I've been growing and developing my style. And there's probably a hundred songs that you've never heard from both of us, more pop, more hip hop. And that just comes with, you know, it's, it's a, this is our crap. This is our gift. And it's, it's, it's fun to write. It's fun to write a song for somebody else who's outside of your world. And um, that's what me and Fern have been able to do over the years. Is, you know, it's, it's like we become like almost like a powerhouse group of we can write songs for others, but write songs for you know our, each other. It's it's fun to do. It's 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 a it's a weird dynamic, and I don't really know anybody who can do it like that. Um, but you know that's that's why I think what makes Sports Social Club great. These new kids when you lost through time, it's all God, not a fraud. That's gang. That's squad. Why you crying all the time? I just wish you do your job. And I love that you're talking about just how much fun it is because I think that's also something that comes across really well in your music is that y'all are having fun. Um, even as you talk about like serious things or real life things, you're still having fun doing it. Um, and that is something that I really appreciate, but I'm also so interested in like, how do you engage with topics that can be really heavy, but still like you bring this lightness to it? Like, how do y'all do that? I'm going to tell you right now, me and Marty are both like, fun thinkers, deep thinkers, you know, left, right, center. We like to, you know, dive into all, all train of thoughts. We not, we don't just want to stand on like, all right, we're just going to like, uh, you know, close ourselves to just one train of thought. We like to think about things thoroughly. And, and, you know, um, that's the beautiful thing about it. So when we're writing, you know, we could, we could veer off any direction and then adding, a, a, adding our story and our experience as well. Um, but being willing to, you know, uh, think about think about it many different ways, not just stagnantly on one. You know, I think that that helps us be in a group as well because there's so many different people that listen to us. There's so many different points of view. There's so many different theories. There's so many different ways. But there's only one way to God. You know what I'm saying? That was Social Club Misfits. Make sure to check out their new album. Everybody loves a comeback story. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's a game.
listening to Okay Will. The song is Tomorrow. Okay, it's time for This Movie Rocks. Dwayne Johnson's hotly anticipated foray into the superhero movie industry has kicked off with Black Adam, a muscle-bound romp into DC Comics' classic anti-hero. Johnson is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, and his presence in a movie is guaranteed to bring eyeballs to any project, even if the rest of the movie doesn't look at all that interesting. Yes, The Rock has had some highs and lows over the course of his career, with the movie marketing desperately trying to get you in the door of his even less memorable projects. In this game, you'll be given the real tagline of a real Dwayne Johnson starring movie, and you must guess which Dwayne Johnson movie it belongs to out of the options given. Each player will be given one chance to smell what The Rock is cooking, which will remove two of the incorrect options from the list. If you guess correctly, you get a point. Whoever gets the most points at the end of the game will be allowed to buy tickets to a showing of Black Adam at retail price. All right, Emily, you're up first. Big meets bigger. Big meets bigger. Is that the tagline for Central Intelligence, Rampage, Baywatch, or Pain and Gain? I'm trying to remember the difference between all of these rock movies. Um, wait, Rampage. That's the one about the like big ape or something like that. That is correct. Okay. That is the tagline for Rampage. All right, Derek, you're up. Believe the impossible. Discover the Incredible. Is that the tagline for Journey to the Mysterious Island, Jungle Cruise, Empire State, or Moana? C. When I don't know the answer, I just say C. (laughs) The answer is Journey to the Mysterious Island. Believe the Impossible, Discover the Incredible. All right, Jesse, tagline, Pro and Cons. Is that the tagline for Furious 7, Hobbs and Shaw, Red Notice, or The Game Plan? Okay. I, I, I'm going to go with the Fast and Furious movie, but I'm surprised it wasn't. What is the football remake movie where they play where it doesn't the rock? Isn't he like playing a prison guards versus prisoners football game? Surprised that's not the answer, but I'm going to go with that. The Fast and Furious. Movie. No, this is Red Notice. Red Notice. Red. No, I didn't. What, what movie is that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked at how many movies I've already said, and we're only on round one. That's crazy. What a career. Yeah. All right. Round two. Emily's up. One, nothing. All right, Emily. Slow justice is no justice. Is that the tagline for Fast Five? Faster, The Rundown, or Walking Tall? The Rundown? I actually don't know what that one is. Faster. This is the tagline for faster. Slow justice is no justice. That's what I always say. All right, Derek. One man will stand up for what's right. Is that Walking Tall, Scorpion King, Skyscraper, or Hercules? Walking Tall. Walking Tall. That is correct. You're on the board. I actually like that movie because it was based on a guy here in Tennessee. There you go. All right, Jesse. Warrior, legend, king. Is that the tagline for Black Adam? Hercules, Scorpion King, or the Tooth Fairy? I really wish it was the Tooth Fairy. I feel like that would be a much more interesting take on the Tooth Fairy, but I'm going to say the Scorpion King. That's right. That's right. You're on the board as well. Tie game going into round three. Here we go. Emily, you're up. Their American dream is bigger than yours. Is that the tagline for pain and gain? First off, terrible tagline. Fast and Furious 6, Central Intelligence, or Baywatch? What was the first one again? Pain and Gain. Sure. Pain and Gain is correct. There you go. With such confidence. All right, Derek, here we go. One goal, a second chance. Is it Hobbs and Shaw, Gridiron Gang, Skyscraper, or San Andreas? 
Gridiron Gang. That's right. You take the lead. There we go. Wait, no, Emily just got it right. So it's tied. You're tied with Emily. Sorry. All right, Jesse, you can tie it up. Here we go. Okay. Justice on his terms. Is that Skyscraper, The Rundown, Jungle Cruise, or Snitch? I, again, I wish it was the Tooth Fairy. Um, justice on his terms. <laughs> um, uh, what was the first one you said? <laughs> Skyscraper, The Rundown, Jungle Cruise, or Snitch? I'm going to go The Rundown. I'm going to go Rundown. No, it's Snitch. Oh, I, I, didn't even know, I, Snitch. I have no idea what that right. film that you, you know, it could conceivably be about. No clue. Well, it's like all the other ones. Uh, all right, last round. Here we go. So it's uh, two, two, one, I believe. Emily, you're up. Here we go. Last round. Last round is worth three points each. So it's anyone's game. Here we go. Magic is getting some muscle. Is that Black Adam, Jumanji, the Tooth Fairy, or Hercules? <laughs> I think it might be the Tooth Fairy. It is the Tooth Fairy. It is. Good job. All right. Derek, here we go. All roads lead to this. Is that Fast and Furious 6, Fast 5, Furious 7, or Fast and Furious? <laughs> Petty! Wait, you have to use your smell. What is it? Smell what the rock's cooking? Yeah, smell what, what the rock's cooking. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Thank you, Emily. I got your back. Don't worry. All right, here we go. So we're taking away Fast and Furious and Fast 5. So your two options for all roads lead to this is Fast and Furious 6 or Furious 7. Hey, man, we're going to go Furious 7. It's Fast and Furious 6. All right, here we go. Last question. Jesse, where will you be? Who will you be with? Is that Jumanji, The Rundown, San Andreas, or Skyscraper? Good Lord. Uh, Again, the tagline tells me nothing. San Andreas. Yes, it was San Andreas. I, I still say, listen, if on Netflix, it was just a, a picture of the rock staring stoically at the camera and it said the tooth fairy. Yeah. Justice is now on his terms. <laughs> you're telling me you're not like, okay, well, I at least have to see what this movie is possibly about. <laughs> I got to watch it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Congratulations to Emily for your win on this movie rocks. Ooh. There you go. Tyler, you went out with a bang on this one, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, man. That's a good one. All right. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Marty and Fern from Social Club Misfits for joining us. Make sure to check out their new album. Everybody loves a comeback story. It's out now. Love their stuff. Incredible group. Go check it out. Also, make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com. Our fall issue is out now. We have some amazing features in it. Conversation with MIA about her faith conversion, the cast of the Rings of Power, Tycho, N.T. Wright, so much more. And uh, make sure to you know, come back every day. Check out all the stuff we're posting at the intersection of faith, life, justice, and culture at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Emily Brown. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine, 
A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Whenever I go out with you guys, I'm going to be like, oh, no, no, this person only gets three pieces of candy. That's what they said. That's a normal intake. Relevant Podcast Network.